Welcome to Convention Pulpit Teen Edition, brought to you through the ministry of Time of Discovery, a division of Interchurch Holiness Convention. Subscribe to this podcast or visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and for more information on this ministry at www.ihconvention.com. Andrew Durst has been involved with youth ministry for many years. His unique style has been effectively used by the Lord to speak to countless young people. I know you're going to enjoy today's message. It's good to be in the Upper Memorial Tabernacle Auditorium. Thank the Lord. I'm thankful you're here. Thankful. I'm thankful mom and my mom and dad are here. Thank you for coming. You drove a long way. My wife's driven drove, driven with them. Thank the Lord. So if you have your Bibles or your device, good old-fashioned Bible wouldn't hurt you, but if you have your device, turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Now, Brother Tim, am I allowed to move away? Is this lapel mic on now? All right. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. Daniel chapter 3. Familiar text. To just give you a little introduction as to uh, the direction I go when I do, do preaching um, is, you, you all ever heard of Adventures in Odyssey? Yeah. Now, I know I'm dating myself, but your story hour, anybody ever heard that? My dear mother on Sunday mornings would record that for me. And when I read a Bible story, heaven help me, I'm already crying. When I, when I read a Bible story, I hear uh, John Avery Whitaker narrating it in the background. I, I hear sound effects. I, I feel like I'm in the imagination station right now. So let's read. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was threescore cubits and breadth thereof six cubits, and he set it up in the plain of Dur in the providence of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, uh, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providence to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Verse 3 tells us the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, and the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providence were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud to you, it is commanded, O people, nations, languages, that at the time you hear the, the sound of the cornet, the flute, the uh, the harp, the sackbut, the dulcet, uh, excuse me, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down, I already can smell the fire, and whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that same hour shall be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, of the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'd help us in these next moments. Lord. It's just to get together unless you get together with us. And Lord, we're praying for your Holy Spirit to 
come down and that we would be lifted high. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have victory in our hearts and live victorious. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for coming to Time of Discovery. This, this, uh, this has been fun setting this all up for you. You are our honored guests. We thank the Lord that you showed up. Otherwise, we'd not be out there playing um, that beanbag game by ourselves. So we're glad you're there to help us play. But let's, let's, whoa. <laughs> let's uh, begin this story with just a practical, I'll just do it vacation Bible school story for a second. Nebuchadnezzar the king, he is not living for the Lord. He's not living victoriously. And he has an ego problem. You know anybody that has an ego problem? Raise your hand and then point at him. No, just kidding. Uh, he had an ego problem. And if you read the theologians and the commentators, you'll find that Nebuchadnezzar probably had that image made of a likeness of himself, a statue of himself. And the theologians and the commentators, those that uh, are more intelligent than I, tell me as I read through their words, that there could have been two scenarios that could have happened there on the plain of Dura. Number one, they could have taken that, that, uh, that image of gold from head to, uh, to foot, 90 feet tall. It could have been just a giant statue, or it could have been a pillar with a statue on top of the pillar. We're not for sure. Nobody was there. Dad, what was it like? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm so I didn't even plan that, Dad. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm going to get a spanking after this. Anyway, but here we have Nebuchadnezzar. He sets this big old thing up, and he calls everybody from the four corners of the earth to come and worship. He, says, he, he tells that herald, uh, that announcer, he says, tell the people when they get here, when all the sheriffs, the captains, the governors, the rulers, everybody shows up, the who's who of the nation of Babylon and beyond, that when we play the music, they're all to fall down and worship at the foot of the golden image that I've set up. And so that's exactly what happens. Everybody gathers together. And I can only liken it to an experience that I had with, with thousands and thousands of people. Um, I know that this is, again, dating myself, but when the Twin Towers were hit, I was a student at the University of Illinois. And the University of Illinois will have, how many, how many students in, are there this year? That, ballpark it, sweetie. 40,000 40, students there. And they decided they were, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but L Illinois is not the most conservative state in the union. It's the second most, no, just kidding. Uh, it's not. It's not conservative. It, a bunch of stinking liberals were trying to win them to Jesus. Pray for us. Anyway, sorry, state of Illinois. Um, but we see, we were all gathered together because we were going to have church on the quad. And I tell you what, I was excited. I'd never been to church on campus, let alone church on the quad, and there were thousands of people. And you know what? You know, some, some of you know that I like to sit on the front row at IHC. Guess where I was sitting there? On the front row. I wanted to see, I wanted to see a preacher preach on the quad. I wanted to see it. I wanted to be a witness to it. But I looked behind me, and I saw thousands of students that had gotten some religion once our, our, our nation was attacked. They got scared and they, brought, they were brought in and shoulder to shoulder we stood there. And I can only liken that experience being with that many thousands and thousands of students there on that campus quad to the plain of Dura. Thousands and thousands of people gathered. 
And I'm not for sure I wasn't there, uh, but I'm not for sure that old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendo came together. I think we think a lot of the time that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they showed up in the same chariot. You know, they, they all came together. But these men were rulers of the provinces of Babylon. We don't know that they showed up together. It would have been cool to stand shoulder to shoulder with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and not bend, not bow, not blend, but stand firm for God. But who's to say that old Shadrach's in the back, Meshach's in the middle, and Abednego's up front? And as everybody is bowing the knee to a, a little G God, let me tell you, you can pray to the little G gods of this world. I'm thankful that I didn't get saved under Buddha or Allah or any of these other false gods. They're false religions. If you're going to public school and they're teaching you that they're alternatives, they're not. It's little G gods, and little G gods will send you straight. No, no, it's not true. It's, it's, it is a fable that all paths lead to heaven. There is one God. Jesus said, I am the truth and the way. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. He said, it's me or no way. So, and you can, you can pray to this pulpit and do you just as much as praying to little G-gods like Nebuchadnezzar had set up in the planet Dora. But I'm always encouraged. My mind runs uh, very active when it comes to the imagination of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not, not perhaps showing up together. And they see as everybody bows. There's one. That's a brother. There's one. That's a brother. I don't know. Maybe they stood shoulder to shoulder. They showed up together. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I'll tell you, they did not bend. They didn't blend. And they didn't bow. You know, it would have been real easy that day to have just kind of, well, if I'm ever going to win Babylon, I'm going to have to stick around. You know, logically speaking, I want to be a logical Christian. And I, I know it's not probably the best thing to do, but if I just kind of stoop a little bit, and maybe I can have more of an impact on this wicked nation if I'm still here and not a crispy critter. Maybe I can, maybe I can win some, some folks to Jehovah. If, I, if, I, if I'm still here. But they didn't do that. They did what they knew that they should do. They would stand firm. So the who's who there, the sound of the music, everybody falls down to worship. You know the scripture, who falleth not down to worship it, that same hour shall be cast in the burning fiery furnace. Now, in verse 8, we'll see, at, at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. In verse 12, you'll read, there are certain Jews... Now let me point that out. There are more of God's people in Babylon than just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. There were, there were all the cream of the crop were brought in and they bowed the knee to the wicked statue, the little G God of Nebuchadnezzar. But they pointed out there are these certain three Jews who thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee, nor served thy little g-gods, nor worshipped the golden image thou hast set up. And king Nebuchadnezzar, you know the story. Uh, he says, bring them in verse 14. As they, he says, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're friends. Now, think about this. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were valuable commodities to king Nebuchadnezzar. He had fed them. He had housed them. 
He had put them in places of authority and position. And he says, guys, is this true? Can't you just take one for the team? I, I know, I know you're very religious. I know that you're very spiritual people. I, I know you're Jewish. I know you're the he three Hebrew children. Uh, I, I know, but couldn't you just, I mean, all these people are here. Your, your rulers, your leaders, in my, I, I set you up. I, I pay for your food. I put a, a roof over your, over your head. Can't you just, just take one for the team? Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't serve my little G gods, nor set up the, the, the image that I've set up? He said, now we're going to give you a second chance in verse 15. Now, if you be ready, play the music again. And you fellas, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you worship the golden image that I've set up, the golden image which I've set up and made well. You all, it's time to bow down. Or I'm going to throw you into... I know that I've invested a lot of money, time, and energy, and education in you, but I will, I will throw you into that fiery furnace. But again, they did not bend. They did not blend to the world. They did not bow. And he said, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Now, I want to talk to you about this for a moment. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a victorious mindset. In verse 15, or 16, we read, we read that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and let me read it for you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee on this matter. We're not going to bow down to the wicked statue that you've set up. I am not changing my victorious mindset, even though all the peer pressure of everyone around me is saying, just bow, just blend, just, just go along. Why do you have to be a, such a, 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 a stick in the mud? Why do you have to be that, that sore thumb? Why do you have to be that person that just always rides against what the crowd is doing? Just bow down. And as I was doing some research about this, one of the commentators said that they didn't need a second chance. Amen. If you have a victorious mindset, your decision has been made. You don't need second chances to compromise and go with this world. If you have a victorious mindset, you'll have the answers of this life answered for you already. We have no need to put you to any further trouble. We've made up our minds on this subject. We're not having an identity crisis. I tell you what, the most annoying thing, I, I love you teenagers. I love you. I'm serious. Even though sometimes I don't like you, but I love you. I love you. Um, but one of the most annoying thing, things to me is when somebody from the youth group comes to me and says, Pastor Andrew, I just need to be honest with myself. I just need to be true to myself. I need to find myself. I'm like, you're right there. <laughs> you're right there. They're going through this identity of crisis of who they are and what they're going to be. And I'm telling you that if you get into this victorious victory mindset, you won't be wondering, where do I belong in this world? You'll know where you belong. You'll belong on the winning side with your Lord and Master. You'll belong in the victory. You'll belong in a place called heaven one day. 
They weren't having an identity crisis at the time of crisis. Our answers have already been established. Our victorious mindset holds true and firm. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to paraphrase for just a moment. They said, when we woke up this morning, our minds were made up. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar, when you cleared the land on the plain of Dura, our minds were made up. You know, we sometimes think in these Bible stories, we don't think about the whole scope of the thing. King Nebuchadnezzar didn't wake up on, say it was a Thursday morning and said, hey, tomorrow, guys, let's build a giant statue in the plain of Dura. And we're going to have everybody come in and worship it on Saturday. Got that? Send a text to everyone. No, that's not how it went. Oh, old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego watched the land being cleared. They watched as the foundations were laid for the, the, for the, for the golden image. Their minds were made up as, as the artisan and the craftsmen were hired. As the precious materials were brought in, their minds were made up. They weren't having a time of crisis. Their minds were made up, and it was a victorious mindset that they were in. And if we can get there, young people, if we can get you to understand what a joy it is to live in victory, if we can get you to the place where you don't need a second chance to compromise, where you say, hey, I'm going God's way. I'm going to serve God. I'll tell you what, I'm having the time of my life serving the Lord. If I never ever got asked to preach another time, I could still have a great time. I'm telling you what, I had butterflies sitting over there between Brother Stroud and Brother Malloy. Butterflies, but they're flying in formation now. I'm feeling good. I'm telling you what, you will have a victorious mindset and you will have a victorious life and you will have the time of fooey on those that say that old time religion, holiness living is a tough thing. I say fooey to you if you're having trouble with it. I'm telling you, if you just get in, dive in and love it and you'll learn to love it even more. And once you get a taste, I'm telling you, I'm going off the notes here. Once you get a taste of victorious living, nothing, nothing will quench your thirst like living for Jesus. I love old time religion. I love having old fashioned mommy and daddy that raised me up in the old fashioned way. I wish I could preach without crying sometimes, but I tell you what, it's fun to serve Jesus. Hey, if you get to that place where you can have a victorious mindset, where old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we watched you laid the foundations. Our mind was made up. Hey, when you hired those fancy, fancy, fancy artists, our minds were made up. The months of preparation and the assembly and all the invitations. As you all were working on that, King Nebuchadnezzar, our minds were made up. We didn't wake up this morning. I want to just decide, hey, we're going to stand for God. Hey, if that was the way it happened, I'd be for it anyway. But their minds had been made up. Young people, if we'll make up our minds and have that victorious mindset, you will live victoriously. You can serve Jesus. I know you can. We're not careful to answer thee in this manner. Our minds are made up. And then these words are, God whom we serve is able to deliver us. <coughs> and he will deliver us out of thy hand. But if not, our mind is made up. The Harker's Island trio stirs my heart. I got to sing with them one night in the Harker's Island. Well, they were singing on the platform and I was also sitting on the platform. So I sang with them. 
I finally got to sing with them. But they sing this song, the devil, he will tempt you and fill your, your way with strife. He'll try to make you sick in body and even try to take your life. But if you'll just trust in Jesus and say, Lord, I've had enough, the Lord will say, move on, Satan. He's got his minds made up. And then they'd sing that course. I stand right square on my feet. I throw my head in the air. I look straight at him straight in the eye and I say, my foot's on the rock and my mind is made up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Amendigo had a victorious mindset. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. And if your mind is made up to live and stay in victory, the major decisions in the crossroads of your life have already been made. You don't have to worry about the decisions because if you're victorious in your living from day to day, the decisions will be made. Victorious living will determine who you hang out with. Hey, you, some of the people that you were hanging out with just a couple days ago before you came to convention are not people that you should be hanging out with. Victorious living will make a difference and determine who you hang out with. Victorious living will, will determine what you do with that smartphone. It's a very useful tool. Be careful with it. Don't be stupid with your smartphone. It is really heartrending to have you know, time and time again, we have folks come down, young people come down, and the smartphone has got them. God help us to have a mindset of victory when you pick up the thing that you're just not going to go to the places you once went to because you say, I've got the victory. I'm not interested in that kind of entertainment any longer. I, my mind's made up. I've got a victorious mindset. Victorious living will... Determine the language that you use. There's some words that Christians should not be using. There's some words that are like words that the world uses that we should not be using. Victorious living will determine the way that you talk, the way that you dress, what career you will have, who you will date. And in my opinion, I think you all should start dating about age 20, 30, 40, somewhere in there. Just take your time. Take your time. Some of y'all babies. Whew. God help us. But victorious living will determine who you date. Victorious living will determine who you marry. I'm living in victory. And I got a victorious wife. She won the victory. She married me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the way you live, the way you die, and the way you will live again will be determined by your victorious living. Going on, old Nebuchadnezzar, I'm trying to hurry. Old Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury. And the form of his visage was changed. And he said, heat the furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been heated before. Can I tell a story? Can I tell a story? Is that all right? All right, I'll tell a story. Just felt like I needed permission. Now, Mom, I need you to do something real quick with this story. I need, you, I need you to put your fingers in your ears. Dad can handle it, but I'm not for sure you can. Um, so I like a good fire. I've got problems. I mean, real problems. Uh, our church used to, before it got annexed into the city, we were in the county, and we could have a burn pile. And I tell you what, it was nothing like at the end of the summer where everybody would bring in their leaf bags, 
and they just stack them. And people think maybe, you know, Brother Andrew's kind of being lazy. He's not burning the burn pot. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just waiting for a good one, you know, a big one. So it, it was late in the summer, maybe middle, middle August, late August, somewhere right in there. And there were burn bags. The whole neighborhood, it seemed like, had burned, brought the, you know, the big garbage bag looking things full of leaves and just dumped them there. And, and I was just, I was just I, it was a beautiful thing. I had it stacked perfectly. I mean, I mean, we're talking maybe about this tall. Burn pile. And then uh, there, somebody had dropped off a picnic table, a wooden picnic table. And I thought, we, I've got a plan for that. So, I, you know, the sensible thing would have been to let all that burn down and then throw on the picnic table. But that's not the sensible thing that I thought of. I thought, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, just throw it on there, that'd be cool. But wouldn't it be cool if I put it up on end? So we're talking just of fuel for the fire, a good 10, 12 feet straight up in the air. And then, of course, I had to get it going good, so I might have used some liquid uh, of some sort that I found in the shed. And <clears throat> I distributed the liquid, Mom. And uh, I distributed the liquid along with the debris and the, all that and, and touched her off. I'm telling you, you could have seen that fire from Mars. <laughs> it was so big. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm standing there with about 300 feet of garden hose going, oh my goodness. <laughs> there, there was a pine tree that used to live near the burn pile. It's not there anymore, folks. <laughs> it never was the same after the fire. I am telling you, I was so scared that the fire marshal was going to drive by or fire trucks were going to come in. But I tell you what, that furnace that Nebuchadnezzar heated up seven times hotter was so hot. The Bible tells us his mightiest men. I always think of Kenny Stetler when I think about this story, the mighty men. And my dad. And, uh, and the mighty men took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And let's, let's read about the way that they were taken up there. Verse 20, it says, These men were bound in their coats, in their hosen, in their hats, and their other garments. You see, this is an excellent example for us. They were moving from a, from a cooler climate to a hotter climate, but yet they maintained strict modesty. Praise the Lord. Amen. They're all tied up. Not for sure about that hosen, but anyway. This has been really fun. Last time speaking at IHC. Amen. Yes, thank you, Tim. But we see here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are bound up in their clothes and they're thrown into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now I'm going to pull out my Bible bookmarker and put it there and close it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if they had died that day, preachers would still preach about the three Hebrew martyrs. That, that sacrificed all because of a victorious mindset. They would not bend. They would not bow. They would not break. They were going to serve God. We would, we would preach about them like we pre preach about Stephen and, when people, and, the, and the martyrs of the New Testament. We we'd compare them to Peter and, and those that were, died because they served the Lord. But that's not the end of the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see their story does not end there. We see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had victory 
in the fire. I tell you what, when you, and young people, I'm telling you, you're living through a hard time of life. I'm not going to shy away from it. Being a teenager is tough. I'm still trying to get over it. I'm 40, and I'm still trying to get over my teenage years. I'm telling you, it's not easy. It is not easy. And and if anybody tells you that it is easy, they're crazy. What you are facing, the character that you are building in this critical age that you are in right now matters so much that if you would get the idea that when you face that trial, when you face the fires of this life, that you're going to have a victorious mindset, I'm telling you, you will have victory even through the fires and the trials and the tribulations of this life. I'm telling you, this matters what you're doing. Coming to Time of Discovery, coming to IA convention, going to Bible school, going to youth camp, going to all the things that people are setting up for you. It matters to get your mindset victorious right now so that you, when you face the trials and the tribulations of this life, that you'll have victory in the fire. I'm telling you, you can have victory even when it's really, really bad. I haven't done a lot of living, but I've had some living. And I'm telling you, we've gone through a time or two that was tough. But I'm telling you, when you have victory in your heart, you can get through the fires of this life. You can walk with victory each and every day. Now we see verse verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound. I want you to pay attention to that, that word bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Verse 24, old Nebuchadnezzar is astonished. And he said, did we not cast in three into the midst of the fire? And his henchmen said, tis true, O king. I'd like to pause for just a moment and tell you another story. There's a, there's a poem, and I, I just do not have enough rhythm in my body or anything to quote I can hardly sing, let alone quote poetry. So I'm not going to quote the poem to you. I'm, I like poems when, or poems uh, when other people use them as illustrations, but I'm just not the guy to read you a poem on a Tuesday afternoon. I want to tell you about a poem. It's about a little train. And all that train do, does each and every day is he looks to the right and to the left. And as the author of the poem is rhyming things, and as I am not rhyming things right now, that little train would think from day to day, all I want is to get off this track. I, I, I look at the meadows and I think, that grass, I'd like to go through that grass. And I, I look down the country roads and I think, I'd like to go down that country road. And one day, that little train decided that that's exactly what he would do. He built up the steam and in the bend of the track, he jumped the track. And sure enough, through the meadow, he, he plowed. And, and he thought, and the momentum of the train and, and physics carried him across the meadow. Rhyme something with physics, that'd be hard. Um, and physics, or, or, and as he was going through the meadow, we see that the train is, he's just having a blast. He's thinking, I am finally free. I'm finally not bound anymore. We'll pick up the story of the train in just a moment. 
Old Nebuchadnezzar, didn't we cast three men bound into the midst of the fiery furnace? They said, it's true, O king. King Nebuchadnezzar says, lo, I see four men. Now, I can get just downright excited about thinking about the fourth man in the flames. I think I just might. I get excited to know that God, our Heavenly Father, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to walk with Him in the midst of the fire that day. It's exciting to know that when we face the trials of this life, when we feel like everything is over, that there is somebody that walks in the flame with us. I'm excited to know that we're not going through this thing alone. Young person, if you feel all alone, when you feel like everybody's left you, you're not alone. Get on the victory side. Walk with Jesus. He'll help you through the fires of this life. He said, didn't we see four men? Four men. But I'd like this, just this verse 25. I put a bookmarker in there. Let's see if that worked. It did. Verse 25. Answered and said, lo, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I want to talk to you about that one word, loose. They were no longer bound, but they were loosed. Young person, there is not one thing in my King James Bible that binds me. This is the thing that looses me. I am not bound by this Word of God. I'm not bound by old-time religion. Did you know I don't feel any restrictions or, or any binding by being an old-fashioned holiness preacher? Not one bit. I'm loosed because of the book. I'm loosed because of the blood. I'm loosed because of the blessed hope. That little train thought, if I could only get off the tracks, I'll finally be free. But young people, I want to tell you, where you are best and loosed the most is when you're on the rails. That little train came to a halt in the middle of the meadow and he could not go any farther because his wheels weren't made for the sod. It's not made for the, the gravel of the old country roads. It was made for the rails. You are loosed when you're in the rails of God's holy word. I'm telling you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were loosed in the flame. I'm so thankful I'm not bound by sin any longer. And neither do you have to be either. You can be loosed. You can be free. You can go through the fire bound. But I can tell you when you can come out of the fire, you can be loosed because of victorious living and living for Jesus. I'm so thankful the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful that if we repent, turning away from our sins, that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, the propitiation of our sins, but not only our sins, but also the sins of the whole world. I'm so glad God sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that's me soever, that's you soever, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm thankful that I am loosed by the blood, the book, and the blessed hope. You don't have to be bound. You can have victory. Old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they walked in victory before the fire. They walked in victory through the fire. They walked in victory out of that fire. And thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm asking you this afternoon, where are you at? 
Where are you at? Are you in victorious living? Do you have a victorious mindset? Or are you struggling? Hey, there is no, there's no shame in the struggle. We've all gone through it. I don't want you to feel like you are the odd man out here. You, or the odd lady out, excuse me, ladies. But you can have victory. You don't have to walk through this thing alone. You don't have to live wretchedly any longer. You say, well, Brother Durst, I don't sin much. I don't get too far out of joint. I'm telling you what, get on the winning side. I wasn't there. But I tell you what, old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were going through that fire, I'm not for sure, but maybe they sang a little song. Well, I'll never have a fear, for my Lord is always near, and in Him so often I confide. He's the keeper of my soul, since I gave Him full control. And he placed me on the winning side. Can you imagine them all three in four port harmony? Jesus was there too. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar looking in. I'm telling you what, you can be on that winning side. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are people that we can look up to, but you know what? They're not, they're not superheroes. They're made out of the same ticky-tacky that we're made out of. And you can have the victorious mindset. You can have victory in the fire, and you can walk out of the fire victorious if you but choose the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of this world. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit Teen Edition, brought to you through the Ministry of Time of Discovery, a division of Interchurch Holiness Convention. For more sermons or for more information, subscribe to this monthly podcast or visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, 18931 Route 522 Beaver Springs, Pennsylvania, 17812.